Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. Um, how many of you have read the book, The Silver Chair? Kids, anyone read the book, Silver Chair? Nope. Well, you're in luck, because today we're going to read it. Anyone out here read the book, Silver Chair? Okay, so yeah, a smattering of you. It's, probably, it's, it's a book that's not super well known in the Narnia series, so I'm going to take a book. It's probably about, it takes about five hours to read it. We're going to read it in 10 minutes, so fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. We got pictures and everything, um, but I think you get a sense for what the, what the storyline is, and kids... Um, I'm just gonna, if you, whoop, gonna need glasses. <laughs> Makes the story better. Uh, open the first page. Now listen to how this begins. It says, deep underground, a web of evil magic holds a prince in captivity. Narnia, where owls speak, where evil weaves a spell, and where sorcery enslaves the land. Narnia is in peril. And only Eustace and Jill can help. So the story begins by telling us that there's a prince who's been kidnapped and held under a spell. And how the story begins is there's two, two main kids. There's Eustace and Jill. And Eustace was in the movie last week, A Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yeah, you got it. But there's no movie for the silver chair, so we're going to read some of it. And they're at school, and they're both getting picked on. Have you ever been picked on at school? You ever been bullied at school or picked on at school? Something that's picked on? Yeah, so that, you kind of know what that feels like. So Jill and Eustace are being picked on at school, and they want to escape. And Eustace has been to Narnia, and so he tells, he, he tells Jill that if, if they just say the name Aslan, that they can transport to Narnia. So here's what they say. Eustace says, now will you say the words after me? What words, asked Jill. The words I'm going to say, of course, answered Eustace. Now, and he began, Aslan, Aslan, Aslan. Hey, can you guys say Aslan three times with me? Say Aslan, Aslan, Aslan. Okay, now say it like you want all the adults to hear it out there. Okay, ready? Aslan, Aslan. Perfect. They said that and nothing happened. It's kind of a bummer, isn't it? But... What they did is they began to run because the guys who were picking on them were picking on them again, and they came to a door. They were trying to escape, and usually it's locked, but it wasn't locked. So both of them have meant to get through that doorway in double quick time if by chance the door was not locked. But when the door was actually open, they both stood stock still for what they saw was quite dri- different from what they expected. There's a picture on the screen, what they saw. It says, Eustace still had her by the hand, and they were walking forward, staring about them on every side. Jill saw that huge trees, rather like cedars, but bigger, grew in every direction. But as they did not grow close together, and as there was no undergrowth, this did not prevent one from seeing a long way into the forest to the left or to the right. Now, kids, here's the deal. Eustace and Jill get separated, and Jill... She meets Aslan, who's the lion, and uh, does anyone know, does anybody, any of the kids know who Aslan represents in the book? Let me get a mic. Who does Aslan represent in the book? Jesus. Jesus. Do you agree with her? It's Jesus? God. Very, very theologically astute. Yes, that is the right answer. Good job, both of you. 
Now, uh, I got more questions, so hang with me here. Now, Jill is talking to Aslan, and, and this is what, what happens. He says, now, Aslan's got a, a mission, a task for her. Now, hear your task. Far from here in the land of Narnia, there lives an aged king who is sad because he has no prince of his blood to be king after him. He has no heir because his only son was stolen from him many years ago, and no one in Narnia knows where that prince went or whether he's even still alive. But he is. He is still alive. I lay on you this command that you seek this lost prince until either you have found him or brought him to his father's house or else died in the attempt or else gone back to his, his, your own world. Now, Jill says, how are we going to do that? And Aslan the lion says, follow the signs. I will guide you in your quest. First, as the boy Eustace sets foot in Narnia, he will meet an old and dear friend. He must greet that friend at once. If he does, you will have good help. Second, you must journey out of Narnia to the north till you come to the ruined city of the ancient giants. Third, you shall find writing on a stone in that ruined city and you must do what the writing tells you. And fourth, you will know the lost prince if you find him by this, that he travels, and, uh, sorry, that you'll be the first person you've met when you've met in your travels who will ask you to do something in the name, my name, the name Aslan. So here's what happens. Jill is going to set out, and Aslan says, remember the signs, remember the signs. And Jill goes, and she ends up in Narnia, and she, well, she is in Narnia, and she goes to Care Paravel. Here's a picture of Care Paravel, the castle. There's a ship, and Prince Caspian is now really old, and he's sad, and he's getting on the ship. And Jill and Eustace meet a bunch of talking animals, and some of them are, uh, one of them is an owl, and they have to fly with the owl. See this owl right here? Jill is flying on the owl, and she's going to go meet with the Parliament of Owls. Now, raise your hand if you know what a parliament is. You know, I gotta find out what it is. What's a parliament? What, What do you think a parliament is? Um, uh, what was the question? What's that? What was the question? Yeah. What's, what's a parliament? What? What's a parliament? Um, it's a part of your body. <laughs> of course it is. Any, anyone else have any ideas what a parliament is? No one else want to try it? Okay. Randy says it's a band. Yeah, it could be. Did you have, you have an idea what a parliament is? I'm coming. Uh, an apartment is where you can stay. It's like a little house you stay in. Like you stay in a little house? Yeah. It's kind of like a bed and breakfast kind of place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what do you think a parliament is? It's the house of the parliament. A house of what? The house of the parliament. The house of parliament. That's exactly right. It is the house of parliament. Actually, it's a house of leaders. And in this story, it's owls who are leaders. And Eustace and Jill want help to go to and rescue Prince Lillian that Aslan has given the the job to. And the owls tell uh, tell Eustace and Jill that, well, they'd love to help them, but they can't. And um, that, that's because they only work at night. So they're going to introduce him to someone who's going to guide them to find Prince William. So they introduce him to Puddleglum. Now, here's Puddleglum. And Puddleglum is a marsh wiggle. Does anyone know what a marsh wiggle is? You know, and, now, marsh wiggles are, they're, 
they're a little bit scary and um, they can be, they can really kind of, I mean, they can make your emotions run pretty high and they're very frightening. But I, I got a close up picture of a marsh wiggle up on the screen right there. <laughs> you have to, if you ever see a marsh wiggle, run. You just run for your life. Now, Puddleglum, we'll go back to the story here. Um, Puddleglum, he's going to guide uh, Eustace and Jill to go and to rescue Prince Rillian. And uh, so they, they go and they head and they're going to meet some giants along the way. And, um, and the giants are throwing rocks, not at them, but at some targets. And they have to be really careful. But they're going to go to a, a, a castle named Harfang. And you can see on the bottom right-hand side, you can see Puddleglum's hat and Eustace and Jill, and there's Harfang. That's where the giants live. And when they're there, they realize that they've got to escape because they find out that they're on the menu. That's not good, so they run. And there's a hole in the ground. They're in this place called the Overland, and they go through the hole, and they are met by gnomes. And uh, this is what one of the gnomes, he's actually the warden, and he says, I am the warden of the marches of Underland, and with me stand a hundred earthmen in, in arms, came the reply. Tell me quickly who you are and what your errand in, is in the deep realm. We fell down by accident, said Puddleglum, truthfully enough. Many fall down and few return to the sunlit land, said the voice. Make ready now to come with me to the queen of the deep realm. And what does she want with us, asked Eustace. Cautiously, I do not know, said the voice. Her will is not to be questioned, but obeyed. Well, they travel, and you see the pictures here. They're going to go through the underland, and there's sleeping trees and sleeping giants and dragons, and there's all kinds of crazy characters there, and they meet a prince, and guess what? This prince is normal during the day, but one time at night, he has to be tied to a chair because he kind of has a, 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 a fit, or he goes into an episode, and he, does, he says crazy things. Um, and uh, so he's tied, and he says, whatever you do, see those ropes around the prince up there? See the ropes around the prince? Whatever you do, don't cut loose the ropes, or otherwise I'll turn into a, a great shepherd, I mean, shepherd, serpent, and uh, bad stuff will happen. And so they've, he's having one of his episodes, he's tied to a chair, and this is what the prince says. He says, once and for all, said the prisoner, I adjure you to set me free by all fears and all loves, by the great skies of overland, by the great lion, by Aslan himself, I charge you. Oh, said the three travelers as though they had been hurt. It's the sign, said Puddleglum. It was the words of a sign, said Scrub more cautiously. And what are we to do? What they did is they cut the ropes loose, and that's actually Prince Rillian, the, the prince who was lost, and he's free, and the moment he's free, the queen walks in, and she's not a good person. And so she starts playing her, her instrument and starts a fire and throws some incense on it, and she's trying to cast a spell on them so they can't get out. But um, what happens is Rillian, or actually Puddleglum, steps on the fire, and the spell can no longer happen, and then the queen turns into a giant snake. There she is. She attacks Rillian, but Rillian defeats her. And Puddleglum and Eustace are there to help with Jill. And they escape and they go back to Narnia. And they follow the lamps from the underland to the overland. 
and they rescued Rillian, and that's sort of the end of the story, but you should read the story because it even gets better. And I, just, just a quick question. What do, you think, what do you think is the whole point of that story? Anyone got an, an, an idea what the whole point of that story is? Any ideas? No ideas? What, what do you think? What was that? Run, run from marshmiggles? Yeah, you should run from marshmiggles. Okay, what do, you, what do you think? Huh? What was the question? What was the question? Uh-huh. Yeah, what do you think of the story, the moral of the story is? Real. You are. Okay. Anyone else got any ideas? Well, that's what the adults are going to talk about, sort of the moral of the story of that. So I want to thank all you guys for helping me out. If you could, well, actually, before you go, can I pray for you? I want to pray a blessing over you. Okay, so Lord, I thank you for these kids. I thank you for your love for them. I thank you that you have your eye on them. And I pray just a blessing that you would keep them on the path of life. They wouldn't turn to the left or the right, but they would follow hard after you on that narrow way. And may you be pleased by them, I pray in your name. Amen. All right, kids, you spot your parents out there. You go out there and go. you can be reunited with them. Thanks for joining me up here on the platform. You've been awesome. And orchestra, thanks again for leading us all weekend long. It's been a gift. So it's probably not a surprise that there's a story with a spell and an enchantment uh, that Lewis uses because stories like this, I mean, they, there's a lot of stories written like that. I mean, in fact, Disney has made all kinds of money on stories with spells and enchantments. Um, there's Snow White. She takes a bite of the, of the apple and she's under a spell. Um, there's Beauty and the Beast where a prince is transformed into kind of a beast and he's not going to be free from the spell until he meets and finds true love. Uh, any kids in the room who've seen the movie Frozen or maybe adults have seen the movie? Remember the song from Frozen? Yes, I bless you with that the rest of the day. May that song be in your mind. Uh, and, uh, but in, in Frozen, the kingdom is under the spell. It's under the spell of winter. Um, and the really famous Disney story is Sleeping Beauty. Uh, Aurora, she, she's, she, the, 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 kind of the antagonist in that story is Maleficent. And a spell is cast as she pricks her finger on the spinning wheel. And uh, she's, she falls into a deep sleep and she's taken to a high tower. And in fact, not only Aurora falls asleep, but the entire kingdom falls asleep. And then Prince Philip comes to rescue and he's riding his faithful steed. Anyone remember the name of Prince Philip's faithful steed? Any, any ideas? I mean, there could be extra fruit snacks in it for you. Okay, Samson is the name of the faithful steed, and they hacked their way through the, the forest that's been transformed into thorns and, and kind of a jungle-like forest, and, and he goes and he gives Aurora a kiss, and she awakens, and not only does she awaken, the whole land awakens, and the spell is broken. And uh, this whole idea of spells and enchantments is not necessarily new to us, but in, in Lewis's day, after he wrote these Narnian books, He's giving a sermon called The, the Weight of Glory, and he says this to, the, to his, uh, his listeners on that day. He says, do you think I'm trying to weave a spell? Perhaps, but remember your fairy tales. Spells are used for breaking enchantments as well as for inducing them. And you and I have the need of the strongest spell that can be found to wake us from the evil enchantment of worldliness. 
almost all of our modern philosophies have been devised to convince us that the God of man is to be found on this earth. That earth is your home. Thus giving a sop to your sense of exile on earth as it is. And Lewis, in this book, and in many of the books, talks about these different spells. And in this case, in the silver chair, it's this spell. In fact, uh, what, what Lewis is trying to say is that, look, when we live as the world is all there is, we too have come under the spell that Rillian was under. That if we believe that, that there's only this earth, that there's only the, the underland, as you, you read it in the silver chair. When, the, when earth is all it is, I mean, live it up, enjoy life. When you take your last breath, I mean, that's it. I hope you live a long time, but that's all there is. When that enchantment comes over and you start believing that, then Lewis's point is that you are under a spell just like Rillian. And friends, that spell has been spoken throughout the history of humanity. I mean, a German philosopher named Nietzsche said, God is dead. There's neo-atheists, um, and I, some of them have said things, and not to make fun of them, but this is just what, what, what they're saying, is uh, one guy, Richard Dawkins, says, biology is the study of complicated things that have an appearance of being designed with a purpose. Sam Harris, another atheist, new atheist, says, faith, if it is ever right about anything, is right by accident. And then uh, if you're familiar with the book written by Josh Harris called I Kiss Dating Goodbye, Harris wrote this book and he talked about moving to courtship, that model. He ends up getting married, having a family, becomes a pastor of a, uh, of a church, and in the last month, what uh, Harris has come out to say is that this author of the book I Kiss Dating Goodbye has now chosen to divorce his wife. He stepped away from the pastorate, and in fact, what he's done now is that he's leaving his faith. And Harris, in his own words, as he speaks of his journey, says these words. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measurements that I have found for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. And in Lewis's words, the spell has been cast, the enchantment takes hold, and like Rillian, he's tied. Friends, as followers of Christ, as that message is, is, is pushed at us and at you uh, quite often, how do you resist that enchantment? How do you, how do you push back? Because really, that's what, that's what Lewis is getting at in the silver chair. And it's about how do, I, how do I walk faithfully? In fact, that's what scripture talks about. And Lewis borrows from scripture because right from the very beginning, what Lewis says in the story, he says, remember the signs, Jill is being sent out and she's given this mission and, uh, and Aslan is saying, remember the signs, remember this, whatever you do, remember the signs. And there's four signs that are given and in the story, Jill forgets most of them except one. At the very end, when, 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 when the tied up prince says, in the name of Aslan, she remembers. Remember the signs and, and uh, here's what Aslan says to Jill in, in the book. He says, stand still. In a moment I will blow, but... First, remember, remember, remember the signs. Say them to yourself when you wake in the morning and when you lie down at night and when you wake in the middle of the night. And whatever strange things may happen to you, let nothing turn your mind from following the signs. And what Lewis is doing in the book, The Silver Chair, he's really just echoing the, the, the words of scripture. Deuteronomy chapter six is a passage of scripture I often read when we're dedicating children. Uh, and, and Deuteronomy chapter six, Deuteronomy is a, is a book written by Moses. It's actually his last talk that he gives to the people of Israel. 
And he's teaching them about faithfulness. And, and here's what, uh, what M- Moses says. He says, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What Moses is saying to the people of Israel is remember, remember, remember. Children, their hearts are spiritual like wet cement. And if you've ever taken like wet cement and pushed your hand into it, this is what Moses is saying. He's like, impress these things. Push this into the, your, the hearts of your children so that they will remember. But if you know the story of the children of Israel, what you realize is that there's this movement where they're following God and Moses dies and they follow Joshua and all the leaders then. But when Joshua and those leaders die, Judges chapter two says that after all these leaders died, the people of Israel forgot. They didn't remember And in Judges chapter two, verse 10, it says that they then did evil in the sight of the Lord. Friends, a way that the enchantment can be resisted is simply to remember the words of scripture. When I was a kid going to boarding school, a lot of you know I went to boarding school in Malaysia, and uh, I, you know, it was a it was a boarding school for missionary kids, and I had Bible classes, and I was I was in high school. One of my Bible classes was on the book of Revelation. The, the semester, at the end of the semester, I would have a final exam on the entire book, which meant you had to memorize the book. I had to memorize the, the seven letters to the churches, had to memorize all the seals and bulls and trumpets, I had to memorize all the imagery, and as a kid, it was fascinating and frightening all at the same time. And along the way in the class, Tom Penland, who taught the class, also gave us a stack of navigator cards. Now, some of you know the navigators, but the navigator cards, they were Bible verses. And we were told that in these next three months in this semester, we needed to memorize several of these Bible verses every week. We'd have a quiz, we'd write them out. But for the final exam, not only would we have to answer all the questions about the book of Revelation, we would have to write out all these verses by memory. So I took the test, wrote out the verse of 72 verses. That whole process of studying for that exam, I'll just put it a nice way. It wasn't like a heavenly-like experience, okay? <laughs> it was so hard. But now I look back on that experience, and I, and I, think, I, I think those were the moments where, where the words of Scripture, the story of Scripture, where the Bible stories got, got impressed on my heart. They got impressed on, that, that that's where memory and memorization really came to me and I started remembering what Christ was saying. Now, Aslan is saying this to Jill and saying you need to remember and, um, and then he says this. He says, secondly, I give you a warning. Here on the mountain, I have spoken to you clearly. I would not often do so, uh, not often do so down in Narnia. Here on the mountain, the air is clear and your mind is clear. As you drop down into Narnia, the air will thicken. Take great care that it does not confuse your mind. And the signs which you have learned here will not look at all as you expect them to look when you meet them there. That is why it's so important to know them by heart. And pay no attention to appearances. Remember the signs and believe the signs. Nothing else matters. The air thickens in Narnia. See, what happens is when you 
encounter the circumstances of life, friends, it's, it becomes, it's like, okay, well, what does God want me to do? And, and, he, and he's saying, remember the science. And I want you to realize this, that the enemy of our souls, the enemy of the church, rarely does he attack with violence. Rarely does he attack with, you know, with disease. What the enemy of our souls, the enemy of the church attacks with is an idea. Go back to the Garden of Eden. The serpent appears in the garden. He doesn't attack Eve with violence. He doesn't come after her with a club. He comes after her with an idea. Did God really say? He plants an idea. Is God really good? That's the question. Does God really have your best in mind? And oh, if only Adam and Eve had remembered, remembered, remembered that God was good and he's saying, you got the whole garden except that one tree. And then Satan the serpent again attacks. He attacks the second Adam, Jesus, in the temptation in the wilderness. And he comes after, he comes after Jesus again, not with violence, not with a sword, not with a club, not with disease. He comes and he attacks with an idea and he says this to Jesus in the wilderness. If you are the son of God, Speak to the stones and turn them to bread. That way you won't be hungry. I mean, you're fasting, Jesus. I mean, you're weak. You need something to eat. And what Satan does is he attacks Jesus at a weak point. Ever been there? A weak point in your life and a temptation comes your way. And this is what happens to Jesus. If you are the son of God, it's an idea. If you really tax him in his place of identity. If this is really who you are, then turn the stones to bread and you'll be good. And what does Jesus do time and time again? He remembers, he remembers, he remembers. And he hits Satan three times back, three temptations. If you are the son of God, and Jesus responds by actually quoting from Deuteronomy, see, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. Satan actually quotes Psalm 91. Now throw yourself in the tower. I mean, the angels are gonna take care of you. And he responds by saying, uh, you know, don't put the Lord your God to a test. That's what scripture says. He remembers, he remembers, he remembers. So friends, the spell is attempting to be cast. This is all there is. Live it up. There's, there's no overland. Remember, remember, remember. One of the ways that I've been hiding God's word in my heart recently, I mean, I'm reading scripture and I, I mean, I've got one-year Bibles. One of the ways, I, I've been using my phone. There's, you know, the version app. Some of you may have the version app on your phone. If you go to it, it has plans. There's a little, little tab that says hit plans. And you can get a bunch of Bible reading plans. So I picked up a Bible reading plan this last year. It's, it's, uh, it, it takes you to some Old Testament Psalms and New Testament. It's written by a guy named Nicky Gumbel. He's a pastor in England. He's got a little devotional. And so I, that's, that's how I've been trying to just keep the language of Scripture fresh in my mouth and in my mind. Um, and I, I wish I could tell you that I'm up to date on where I should be. I'm not. I'm behind. Um, but I'm, that, that's just one of the ways that I'm trying to remember. Maybe that's a way that you could remember so that you could follow Aslan, follow Christ in the call he has on your, on your life. So remember the science. The second thing I'd say, I'm not gonna spend a bunch of time on this one, but remember the mission. The mission in the book is to go and to save Rillian. And I just wanna say, if you're longing for a fresh encounter with the living Christ, if you're feeling like you're kind of dull in your walk with Christ and you want, and you want an encounter with Christ, friends, 
Some of us have been living on this sort of this, I call it secondhand smoke of other people's experiences with God. Some of us have been reading about other people's encounters. There's nothing wrong with that, but God longs for you to have an encounter with him. And what better place to encounter him than to be on mission with him? Because what happens is when you're serving and when you're with kids ministry or you're leading a Bible study or you're sharing your faith or you're working with Feed Salem or you're, you're passing out uh, you know, some, some uh, furniture or furniture bank, or you're serving, you, you get to see God at work firsthand. And the beauty of it is just like in this story, when you do it with others, there was others to help keep you accountable and on track. Remember the signs, remember the mission, And the last one I want to say to you is simply this. Remember, there's more. There's more. See, the the queen is trying to say, nah, it's just all fiction. You've made it all up. Friends, there's more. There's more than what this world wants to offer. And we need eyes of faith to be able to see. Now, I'm going to need some kids to help me at this point in time. I need some kids, like, I need, like, three kids, like, nine, ten years, maybe a little bit older to come up and, and help me. Um, how, how many of you have seen a stereogram before? Not you? Okay, well, you're about to see one. Here we go, on the screen. Here's, here's, this is what a stereogram uh, looks like. Sort of a chaotic picture, but if you put your nose to it and pull back, something comes, it pops up, because there's more. Uh, it's a 3D image. It pops up. So I, I've got some pictures, and I need at least three kids to come up here and help me. Yeah, I see a hand over there. Come on up. Yeah, I just, just, just start coming. Is anyone in the balcony? Yeah, I see a hand. Come on down from the balcony. I need you. I need you down here. Uh, yes, come on down. You're, you're good. I'll, I'll take. In fact, is, is there, yeah, I'll take two. Both of you, come on down. You're the next contestant. I just couldn't help saying that. Yeah, uh, come right up. Stand right up on top here. I'll just move his back. All right. There you go. All right. Perfect. Yeah, stand right there. Come on over here. Awesome. Do, do you have an adult that wants to take on these kids? Uh, yeah, come on up. You're on. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take you. Any other college students that want to take on these kids? Uh, come on. All right, Macy, come on up. All right, so here's what's going to happen. All right, I have got hopefully enough pictures. All right, this one is like, now I'm gonna turn it around, okay? Now this is gonna be right side up. That's gonna be important. All right, um, I'm gonna give you that one. Yeah, there. that's right. So when, you, when, I, when I say turn around, you're gonna go like that, okay? And I'm gonna give you this one. That's the right, yep, you got it. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna give you that one. I'm gonna give you that one, and I'm gonna give you that one. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so here's what you do. Um, can I borrow yours, Macy? So the way to make this work really well is you, you start with it on your nose like that, and then you pull it back slowly, and you blur your eyes, and then boom, there it is. It just pops up. I almost said what it was. Uh, it's a 3D image, and then what you need to do is the moment you see it, just shout what it is, okay? Because I have a prize for you, and I, don't want, you to, I want you to get that prize, all right? <laughs> now, these two people over here, you're, you're going you're gonna to smoke them. It's going to be great. All right. And 
you guys are playing too, because that first stereogram uh, that I had on the screen, I'm gonna put it back up on the screen, and it's an actual stereogram. And if you, you're not gonna be able to put your nose on the screen, uh, but if you blur your eyes and then just sort of just kind of cross your eyes, uh, you'll see some. When you see it, because there's more, uh, I want you to just stand up real quick and, and, and say you got it, shout what it is, because I have a prize for you too, uh, okay? So, and I'm gonna go one, two, three, go. About 40 seconds I'm gonna give you, and then um, when you see it, let me know. You guys need help blurring your eyes? You know how to do this? Look at them real quick and just kind of cross your eyes. When you see like double of them, you know you got it, got it? All right, perfect. All right, here we go. Don't forget, picture's going on the screen. You're playing too. One, two, three, go. Anybody else here got it? You see people? You see your, yeah, that's grass and gate. Yeah, that's, that's already, no, that's not people. You got it? Not a boat. Paige, what numbers? 404, fruit's next for you. What do you get? A fence? Uh, you're, you're, you're getting there. Keep, keep blurring your eyes. Each one's different. You gotta open your eyes. Not a kite. What do you, what's that? There are sculptures, way to go. All right, yeah, you, you win, you win. You guys, you guys come? I kinda see people. You see people? Okay, no, it's people. What? You only see roses? Does anybody know how to do this? Does anyone know how to, oh yes. Okay, we're gonna call it there. We're gonna call it there. And I want you guys to know, these college students did not beat you. So way to go, way to go. And I, I, have, I have a gift card for you. I got, I got Target gift card for you. I gave you one. And I got, I got Target gift card for you. It's got, you can get a rubber band on it. I have RTI scholarships. No, I'm just kidding. I got, I got, I got uh, there you go, there you go. All right, would you thank these guys for helping uh, play? I'll take, I'll take the signs. I'll take that for you. You guys can go have a seat. Thanks for playing, you guys. You're still working on this. Do you want to stick around for a while and just kind of, all right, I'm going to, I'm, there is a horse. Okay, you stay right there. Anyhow, here's the point of the, uh, no, no, okay. find me, I don't care. The whole point of going through that is that, um, friends, sometimes you look and it just seems like that's all there is. But then when you look like with eyes of faith, stuff pops up and you start asking questions and you start, you start seeing things differently. Now, in the story, the silver chair, is it coming? It's got, what's that? Okay, if you got it multiple times, it's just gonna keep being that, so you're done. All right, <laughs> way to go. In, in the story of the silver chair, what happens is when Rillian is set free, um, the queen discovers that she's set free, and then they start talking about the overland in Narnia, and she says, oh, you're just playing baby games. You're just, you're imagining things, and yeah, you've, you've, you've seen like a cat, and now you're kind of borrowing from this world, and now you're calling it a lion. You're seeing lamps, and you're exaggerating, and you're calling something a sun. You're, you're, you're making all this up, and 
And then as she plays her music and tries to cast her enchantment, Puddleglum comes over and steps, out the, steps on the fire, puts the fire out, and the enchantment is broken. And then Puddleglum says these words. I won't deny any of what you said, but there's one more thing to be said, even so. Suppose we have only dreamed or made up all those things. Trees and grass and sun and moon and stars and Aslan himself. Suppose we have, then all I can say is that in that case, the made-up things seem a good deal more important than the real ones. Suppose this black pit of a kingdom of yours is the only world. Well, it strikes me as a pretty poor one. And that's a funny thing when you come to think of it. We're just babies making up a game, if you're right. But four babies playing a game can make a play world which licks your real world hollow. That's why I'm going to stand by the play world. I'm on Aslan's side, even if there isn't any Aslan to lead it. I'm going to live as like a Narnian, a Narnian as I, I'm going to live as like a Narnian as I can, even if there isn't any Narnia. So thanking you kindly for our supper. If these two gentlemen and the young lady are ready, we're leaving your court at once and setting out in the dark to spend our lives looking for overland. Not that our lives will be very long, I should think, but that's a small loss if the world's as dull a place as you say. And they journey out. Friends, the messaging of our world is that this is all there is. But we have a father who sent his son to, who, who came to say, there's more. There's more. There is hope. There is redemption. There is restoration. There will be a day when every tear will be wiped away and every injustice will be dealt with. And until that time, we as his followers need to remember the signs to hide his word in our heart because the air gets thick in the day-to-day circumstances of our lives. Remember the mission and also remember that there's more. Let's pray together. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your great love for us thank you that you have sent your son to free us. We thank you that you're kind and that you're good. At the same time, you are fierce and almighty. Today, we've gathered in this place to worship you and to encounter you and to love you. Fill us with your spirit. Empower us for what you have for us in this next week. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.